This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I should start keeping a record of my daily step count. I feel like I'm hitting 20,000 steps almost every weekday. I love how we've just decided that everybody we meet with is fine with us walking during the meetings and we're just doing it even, you know, even with the network. I know. No, we're like, this doesn't bother you, does it? But like, what are they going to say? Please stand still. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the art of doing extra. Then in Amplify, we'll talk about Pep Packs, the project our former assistant, now full-time writer, Brooke Turner, started after her experience getting COVID-19. In take two, we'll revisit something we discussed in episode 194. Lots of listeners have shared how they took our suggestion to light a fire. Finally, this week's Hollywood hack will help soothe your soul. We could all use that. But first, we wanted to mention an email that we got from our listener, Claire. She reminded us about a great website to use if you're looking to support small bookstores when purchasing online. It's called bookshop.org. And what's really great about it is that it allows you to pick a bookstore near where you live. So once again, that's bookshop.org. We'll link to it in the show notes for this episode, which you can find on happierinhollywood.com. Yeah, so thank you, Claire, for reminding us all about bookshop.org. Okay, Sarah, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk Sub, where we talk about what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's the art of doing extra. Now, we talked about this topic simply being called doing extra (laughs) instead of the art of doing extra, but we changed it because we don't want to encourage everyone to do extra willy-nilly for no clear reason. There is an art to it. Yes, absolutely. So let's discuss. Our former agent, the wonderful Matt Solo, says that your job is what you do from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. and your career is what you do from 7 p.m. to midnight. And the art of doing extra falls into that post-7 p.m. bit of time when you don't have to be working, but maybe you're working anyway. And I would have to say, I think Matt's hours are a little long, there are there also have yes. to be, you know, life hours in there. Yeah. So and they they obviously also depend on what kind of work you do. But the point is there are the work hours and then there are the sort of career extra hours. 
Yes. And we are not people, as you just mentioned, Sarah, who think that we should all be working 24-7 and that like logging unnecessary FaceTime at work is desirable. We're really talking about picking your moments. And if you pick your moments correctly, doing extra can make you stand out. Yes. Yeah. We've been talking about this because... Adria, who is one of our writers on Fantasy Island, she's a co-EP, so she's a high-level writer, but Mm -hmm. still, she decided to go off over the weekend and do, like, a whole break of her episode, which she totally did not need to do. Like, because she's Mm high-level, we expect a lot from her. You know, she just kind of delivers a lot day to day. And it's interesting because she has been this successful probably in large part because she is like this. She does she has kind of mastered the art of doing extra. She's probably been doing this, you know, her entire career. You know, when we were on 666, Adria was a staff writer. She was just starting out. You weren't really there because you were on maternity leave yeah. for most of it. But I was there with Adria, and she was this way then, too. It's kind of her nature. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's a reason why she really stood out, like, from the get-go as someone who was going to be super successful. Yes, and it's why when we were looking for a number two on Fantasy Island, we were like, hmm, what about Adria Lang? Yeah. <laughs> right, because we knew she will do the extra, but also it's not just like, Again, I can't repeat this enough. It's not about just doing extra haphazardly. Right. Because it can also be like, if you're just doing extra work, someone also has to deal with it, you know? (laughs) So it's like, you don't want to just be, oh, hey, look at me. I'm doing all of these things for no reason. It's got to be something that's useful and also that feels like it's not just for show. Yeah, we talk about this also, Liz, when it comes to assistance. If an assistant finds mm-hmm. the moment to do that extra thing, like sending a really good research article or even better reporting on research that they already went ahead and did, mm-hmm. they can <laughs> yeah. really make a great impression. And it also gives you a chance to like get your material into the show. Like, here's this cool thing that I know that nobody else knows and like... That could really be helpful. Yes. And it will often show up on the screen. If you offer like a set, like say you're doing a procedural and you have some like piece of evidence that could be used that will likely end up on the screen if you find something good. Yeah. I would also say that Kimberly is good at this. Like she just kind of on her own made a casting list. That was really interesting and helpful. Yes. No, everybody we're working with now is, um, I think, very into the art of doing extra, which is nice for us because we have a very (laughs) small group. Yes. So we really need everybody (laughs) to give it their all. Um, I mean, for goodness sake, even uh, Ben, one of our writers, comes up with art to go with whatever (laughs) we're doing. So, I mean, we're lucky. We have a a very motivated group. Yes. But really, it applies to every career. It just does. So we're talking about all the things that are good to do in TV writing, but I think there's not any job out there where doing extra at the right time doesn't make an impact. Yes. And I just want to repeat, because it's so important what you said earlier, that it really is about timing. Yeah. Doing extra can become a burden for others if your timing isn't right. And then you end up sort of accomplishing the opposite 
which is like making yourself seem like a real pain in the butt. It's like <laughs> it's right, a very exactly. tricky line. So when you're thinking about it, you know, it's hard because we can't be like, these are the elements of the right time. Yes. It really is just situational and relying on your instincts and your observations and going, okay, here is a place where I could do extra and it would be good. That's why it's an art. That's yep. why we call it the art of doing extra because it's not so obvious sometimes. Coming up, we will talk to someone who has mastered this art in our <laughs> Amplify segment. <laughs> but we're going to amplify a COVID relief project from one of our very favorite people, Brooke Sickgraves Turner. Okay, Liz, it's time for our Amplify segment, where we amplify women and people of color, and today we are so excited to amplify someone we actually know and love, Brooke Sitgraves-Turner. If you've been listening for a while, you know that Brooke was our assistant many years ago now. Then she was a writer on The Fix, and she just finished a season writing for Long Slow Exhale, which we'll soon be able to see on Spectrum and then on BET. And we mentioned on the podcast that Brooke had COVID a couple of months ago, and that experience led to her doing something incredible. So we've asked her to come on and tell you about Pep Packs, a charity she started that helps people in L.A. who have COVID. Welcome, Brooke. Welcome, Brooke. Hi. (laughs) It's so great. We should tell everyone that Brooke is coming to us from under a comforter um, (laughs) on Sarah's bed because she's been um, staying at Sarah's house um, while Sarah's in Minnesota. (laughs) Strange times. (laughs) Yeah, so I I posted a picture on Instagram. So check check out Brooke under the covers. Yes. So, Brooke, for starters, just tell us how you're feeling. How are you? Well, I feel mostly good. I'd say I'm like 90% there. And thankfully, I could breathe the whole time. So like no complaining at all. Um, I just have some residual stuff I'm waiting to clear up. And I would love to smell again. <laughs> so you still don't smell. Wow. I can smell about 50% like of things. I smell the essence of stuff. But I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. We hope that you get to a hundred percent soon. Yeah. Tell us what made you decide to start pet packs and what they are. Yeah. So when I got sick, I think I anticipated that what was going to happen was that LA County was going to call me and be like, Hey girl, how you feeling? This is what uh-huh. you need to do. <laughs> and that's not what happened at all. Uh-huh. I called my doctor who basically, I mean, he's amazing. And if he were single, I would lock it down immediately. But he was <laughs> like, Hey, do you have a pulse oximeter? Do you have Tylenol? You should get Pepsid. There were like a bunch of things that he told me to buy. And so that first week sick, I actually spent $500 on supplies. And a lot of some of that was food so that, you know, I didn't have to go to the grocery store and I could quarantine. But in a time where like everyone's lost their jobs and I mean, even prior to the pandemic, people couldn't afford a $400 emergency. I was like, oh, no, what if someone gets sick and um, they don't have the ability to just take care of themselves? And it's it's scary enough to get COVID, but to know like you are on your own and ugh, just so I was like, let's start something. Um, I called. 211, which is a resource that LA County will will send you to. And I just said, hey, is anyone providing any of these helpful essentials? And they just said no. So I called a couple friends and we started Pep Packs, which is essentially a COVID care package um, with all of these essentials in them. And we deliver to individuals who request through our website. 
and also to organizations that are already doing COVID work. So we'll um, jump on their meal deliveries and whatnot. Yeah. So what is in a pet pack? Yeah. So inside there's a a lot of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So right now we have a pulse oximeter, thermometer, Tylenol, electrolytes, water bottles, um, also hand sanitizer, hand soap, honey, and tea. We're working on getting grocery delivery cards or meal delivery cards, also masks. And we were also working on getting potentially hotel credits because, interestingly enough, someone from the Department of Health reached out to us um, early on and was just like, we love what you're doing. Can we use you guys as a a resource when we're talking, we're doing contact tracing? Um, And one thing they expressed to us was that a lot of people are calling, they're in multi-generational households. And Mm -hmm. one person will be sick, but they don't have the money to self-isolate. So we were trying Mm -hmm. to solve for that. But I think since then, L.A. County has actually opened up some alternative housing for folks that get sick. So hopefully that's still happening. And Brooke, I mean, this is amazing. How many pet packs have you given out since you started, which was not long ago at all? Yeah, we started the end of December. We've given out 815, roughly. Wow. Um, Yeah, so... There's been a lot of driving. <laughs> we have. Yeah, how um, are you doing this? Are you actually delivering them yourself? Yeah. So the organization tool is really helpful because they already have their hands in like a need community. So we can just big, do big drops to them and they can distribute. Mm. Um, but for the individual home deliveries, yeah, for a bit, it was just me doing it. And then we got volunteers. So now we have about 15 volunteers helping us drive. And um, Nicole, who you know, who's one of the people on our team, set us up on Asana, which is so great. It's like a really great management tool. So we can sort of um, dispatch all the drivers to deliver packages, which is nice. I also want to give a shout out to Cleo Brooks, who's the daughter of our friend Helen, who did all the art for Pet She's amazing. She's so good. Everyone hire her. Hire her now. (laughs) And the numbers are going down, thankfully, in L.A. County. But is there still a big need for Pet Packs? Yeah. So at the height of things, it was really insane because we were... I mean, and we just launched, so like a lot of people didn't know about us, but we were getting about 50 requests per day, individual requests, and that didn't include any organizational drops. Now that number has gone down significantly, um, but what I will say is that a lot of the community organizations that we were donating to have said, like, as you can imagine, the need has continued for the communities that we serve, and that's a lot because, you know, the vaccine distribution is not, it's uneven, and a lot of essential workers weren't even on the initial list for um, people that were approved to get the vaccine, but they're still having to go into the grocery store. They're still waiting tables and taking care of us. So yeah, we're still serving the folks that, you know, could potentially get sick or do get sick in the time they're waiting for their turn. And Brooke, we have to mention that Pet Packs was featured on Goop. (laughs) Goop (laughs) Goop.com. I mean, you've made it to the, the big leagues. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Goop. That's so crazy. One of their execs actually found us and made a donation and she was like, we have to share this. So she shared it internally with the company and then um, put it on their newsletter. (laughs) Yeah, it was very nice. Very nice. So how can people make a donation to Pet Packs, Brooke? Yeah, so we have three ways to give. We have an Amazon wish list, which I adore because you can just go, oh, I can give a thermometer today. And then it comes directly to your house, Sarah. (laughs) Thank you for being (laughs) here. You are now a warehouse. And we can just put it, honestly, what happens is they come in the door and I put them in a package and they go right back out. That's what's been happening. 
Also, we have a Venmo at Pet Packs, and you can donate $5 there, whatever you want to give. And we have a fiscal sponsor, thankfully, the Southern California Children's Museum. They are phenomenal. And so people who've decided they would like to make a bigger donation have done so through them. And then, you know, they provide a receipt. And you also have a website for people who want more information. What's your website? Yes, we have a website. It's petpacksla.com. Go there. <laughs> yeah, so one we of the will things... put a link, of course, to that in our uh, show notes. Yeah. And one of the things I love about your website is it also has a resource page for people with COVID. Yeah. So we've been adding things as we find them. So when we found out that LA County was finally offering housing for folks that um, had gotten sick and needed to self-isolate, we put that there. Also, there's you know the Department of Health website for more information about the vaccine. One thing that has been happening is I've been to a number of neighborhood council meetings, which if you're in L.A. and you are interested, maybe look into joining one of those because um, they do do a lot of work. But a lot of times I'll get resources there and we'll, we'll share them on our website. Well, Brooke, as usual, you are generous and inspiring and making the world a better place. It's, you know, you're one of our favorite people and oh, you just guys. continue to impress us. For more information on Pet Packs or even better to donate, go to peppacksla.com and also we'll link to all everything Brooke said in our show notes, which you can find at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Love you guys. Thanks for having it's me. It's so fun <laughs> to see you. Thanks, we Brooke. love you too. Bye. Bye, Bye Brooke. <laughs> okay, coming up, we revisit lighting a fire, but first this break. Okay, it is time for take two, in which we revisit a topic we discussed in a previous episode. Today, it's the idea of lighting a fire, which we discussed in episode 194. Sarah, we um, got this idea because you literally lit a fire in your <laughs> fireplace in Minnesota, and it sort of took us to a more um, metaphoric place. Do you want to explain? Yes. So there is a fireplace at my house here in Minnesota that had never been used. The house is like 20 years old. No one had ever used the fireplace, and there was this kind of block about it. It turned out that it was, in fact, very easy and not a big deal to have the fireplace checked, know it was safe, and just, like, get the whole fire situation burning. And it's so amazing. Like, it really made this winter so lovely and warm and cozy. And this thing that seemed like, oh, we don't do that. It's like, oh, no, we totally do, and it's fine. So we got some amazing emails that we wanted to share from people who did their own version of lighting a fire. Because in that episode, we sort of challenged people to think about, like, what is the thing in your own life that you could do that would be that would just make things better? And that's probably pretty simple. So Sarah said... I'm listening to episode 194. At first, I couldn't think of any fire to light. And then when you said, read the manual, it hit me. My light the fire is to use our ice cream maker for the first time. My son and I just dug out the manual. Now we need to actually do it. For our wedding in 2009, we were gifted two ice cream makers. We returned <laughs> one and have never used the one we kept. This week we will. 
And then, Sarah, she sent a follow-up email, and she said they made Dole Whips. Yum. Yes, she sent a picture of them. They look amazing. And I have to confess, I also have an ice cream maker that I've never used. So I'm like, this is what I'm doing. I am, of course, it's in L.A., but when we get back to L.A., I am using the ice cream maker. And I love Dole Whips. Oh, my God. Yes. And then Barrett sent an email. She said, I loved your light of fire segment. I did this recently by putting up Christmas lights inside my home. Exactly as you were talking about, putting up Christmas lights is just something I don't do. I come from a mixed religion home and have always considered myself Jewish. However, this year needs more light. I live on the East Coast and in the winter it gets dark so early. Now my family and I turn on the Christmas lights every evening at dusk and it makes me smile every single time. It took about $30 to buy some good quality lights and the hooks to hang them on, less than an hour to put up the lights, and every once in a while a few minutes to fix them when they fall down. (laughs) Apparently, putting up Christmas lights properly is a skill you need to develop. Lighting a fire has made me a lot happier during this dark time. Oh. Yes. And if she doesn't want to think of them as Christmas lights, you can just call them twinkle lights. Twinkle lights. Everybody needs more twinkle lights in their life. That's yes. my opinion. Heather says, I had to laugh at your suggestion to light a fire. A couple of years ago, my brother and I received a list of to-do tasks for our cabin in Vermont following an inspection by our insurance company. One of those items was to repair a broken window pane in the basement. This pane had to have been broken years ago, more than 15 years, and we had never bothered repairing it. We just kept covering it with plywood and forgetting about it. I had put it off, not having any experience in this area. I'm generally handy, but this was for some reason intimidating. Now I had to do it. I measured the pain and drove down to the local hardware store to get a pain cut. The very helpful store staff walked me through the process, showed me what materials I needed, and cut the glass for me. The whole project cost $12 and took 15 (laughs) minutes. I was kicking myself for putting off for 15 years a 15-minute job. Absolutely light your fire. Oh, that is amazing. I know. I have to say, I don't know that I would get myself together to replace a window pane, but now maybe I would. Now that I now know that we've it's heard so that simple. Story, yes. I would certainly encourage Adam to do it on my <laughs> side. I don't know why I would do it. And then Kim said, I loved your light of fire tip. I have a printer that has been jammed for a couple years, but without a real paper jam, so it didn't work. I finally Googled what to do, and all it took was unplugging it to reset. Now <laughs> it works. Thanks for the reminder that it's usually a quick fix and just do it. I have to say, probably there are like thousands of people out there with exactly that issue with like the printer that just yes. isn't working <laughs> oh god yes printers are the bane of my existence true but i love these examples because it's usually something fairly simple that has been hanging over you unnecessarily and that will improve your life if you just do it so as we said in episode 194 whatever you're thinking about right now that's your light of fire so go do it and also sarah i love hearing from everybody because i get such vicarious pleasure i I feel like i did something so (laughs) please keep these coming because it just brightens our day yes and again i am really i am actually now really looking forward to making dole whips when we get home good well you can give me a sample yes so thank you for that sarah i'm inspired Okay, Liz, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack. Listen to audiobooks for the narrator's voice. Now, this came up because 
I have been listening to audiobooks. Now that I have like long drives to go to the grocery store, I've mm. actually been listening to audiobooks. And I recently listened to a book called Shuggy Bane by Douglas Stewart. And the book is really good. It's an award-winning book, but it's super grim. And I don't know that I would have listened to it or continued with it if the voice of the narrator wasn't so utterly delightful. And that, like, I just wanted to get in the car to listen mm -hmm. to his voice. And then I started, when I finished that book, I started listening to Sanjay Gupta's new book, which is called Keep Sharp. It's about brain health, which obviously I'm interested in. But I find that it's really the sound of his voice that makes me want to listen. It's a very different thing than performance. Yes. I felt that way listening to Bruce Springsteen's book because he just has like a voice that I want to listen to. Whatever he says. I'm just, right. I love the voice. There's a lull. There's a soothing nature. Just, it really, it's interesting. Because I think it's why some people like Bob Ross, they like just kind of yes. listening to him talk about painting because it's something in his voice. For anyone who doesn't know Bob Ross, how do you even begin to describe Bob <laughs> Ross um, would do paint nature paintings on PBS and he would describe what he's doing and many people like to watch Bob Ross videos to calm themselves. Yes. And it's something that is akin to meditating. Like, I don't have time to mm. meditate right now. There's just mm -hmm. like way too much going on. Right. And <laughs> I'm never alone. So... When I'm in the car is the kind of the only time for that. And listening to a soothing voice is like just next door to meditating. Mm -hmm. It is so nice. Now, you are a big audiobook person, Liz. So I was wondering if there are any particular voices. You said Bruce Springsteen, but like, are there yeah. any other voices that you really like? Well, you know what? It's actually not an audiobook, but I really like Chris Gillibo's voice. It's from Side Hustle School. It's a uh -huh. There can be podcasts. This applies to podcasts too, Sarah. Yes. So I really like listening to, because on Side Hustle School, it's Chris Gillibo just telling a story about, you know, somebody who has a successful side hustle. I find his voice extremely calming. I definitely know that I'm going to be buying more Sanjay Gupta audiobooks. I don't even know yes. what books he's written, and I don't care. I'm just, I'm just going to be listening. <laughs> so everybody out there, tell us, do you have any voices you like to listen to? Let us know. We might like to listen to them, too. You know, we all need to be soothed right now. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, and that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks to Brooke Sitgraves-Turner for coming on today. You can help her help people in LA with COVID by going to peppacksla.com. Thanks to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed. Thanks to everyone at Sankola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sankola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban. And check out the newest Onward Project podcast, Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S Fane. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. 
Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Kraft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, my question is, does seeing Brooke in your house make you miss being home? A little bit. Yeah, it's more just it feels very surreal. Yeah. You know, like I'm like, oh, look, that's my comforter. Oh, look. It's like a sliding doors moment. (laughs) Yes, exactly. From the Onward Project.